want to hear you make some noise. US 131 Motorsports Park. What you like most about drag racing? We are live right now with Modified to the Lanes. Welcome to the US 131 Motorsports Park Drag Racing Podcast. Strap in, hang on for all the latest news, results, and happenings from the fastest quarter mile track in the world. Gary and Justin will offer different perspectives for what's going on on the track and highlighting different drivings and events along the way. This week we'll be covering a little bit of a recap from last year, some of the highlights, some of mm-hmm. our favorite moments. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, you're probably going to have to bring up the uh, po- the uh, podcast team, Justin. Yep, yeah, the, that's uh, that's uh, something by a that I'm pretty pow- proud of there. Talk a little bit about sportsmanship. We have a driver's committee report for us this yep. week, right? And some of the news changes we're looking for at the track, and then uh, some of the some of what's going to happen in our scheduling. Yep. And then we got a couple engine guys coming, right? Yeah, man, that was it, we're we're kind of doing this out of order, but mm-hmm. you guys are in for a treat. I, I I at least I think so. I know Gary and I both had a really good time. Oh, that's exciting! Hanging out and talking to these guys. We've got Dave Irwin and Roy Parrish uh, coming in here in just a little bit to talk with us about engines and. Man, we could have gone on for another couple hours, I think. Yeah, definitely the highlight of the podcast this week. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. We just want to thank you for taking the time to download and listen to our show. If you enjoy it, please rate us accordingly and, if, and tell your friends and family. If you have any ideas or suggestions, please let us know. So this is this is November. You know, the time change happened this week, mm-hmm. and it's like pitch black out there right now. It's where at five thirty yeah. at five thirty, <laughs> you know, in the afternoon or evening or whatever it is, and uh, that's that that nasty white stuff's coming. But we we can still talk about drag racing. It's hopefully, a, warm it up a little bit. It is a depressing time of the year. It's nothing it like talking about drag racing. That's right. So the 2018 season, it was a it was a great season. I I had a good time all year. I know. You know, a lot of other people did, and man, we just we just wanted to take a few minutes and kind of talk a little bit about what happened, what we saw over the 2018 season. You know, maybe some highlights and really more like our favorite moments. You know, what mm-hmm. what did we see happen that was like, man, that was that was really neat. I want to try to remember that for a while. Yeah, that uh, there were there were lots of them. So many, I can't decide. Uh, uh, most of the ones I came up with are performance related, but I don't know one. One or two I kind of had some fun with. I, I was just thinking back to right away in that first week, uh, the May 5th and 6th, that first two-day race. And Do you remember when Taylor Green uh, brought her 69 Chevelle out? No, for the I very, forgot all about that. Yeah, I don't know what happened to it later on. We didn't see it much, but in the beginning, she uh, she jumped into Modified with that thing. And uh, I'll never forget that night that she laid down a, a 007 light and put Tracy Mutchler on the train. <laughs> <laughs> we all kind of laughed. Oh, I'm man. sure Tracy did laugh yeah. at the time, but we thought, up in the tower, we just looked at each other and said, did that just happen? Did that just happen? <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was, was, I mean, that was, I think, a struggle of Tracy's all season long. It's just a bad job of pulling pick, the staging Picking lights. the wrong people <laughs> in the lights. I, I got to believe it. That was also the weekend that uh, Ron Hager uh, uh, beat your brother Kyle. Man, he came out with a oh, yeah. this year. And then Kyle beat Ron Hager on Sunday. They, right. they, swapped, they swapped both the in the final, final and they swapped the uh, wins. That was a That's highlight right. there that very first weekend for oh, me. Oh, yeah. For sure. That, I, I'd forgotten about that one, too. The, uh, the bottom bowl bash was very, very impressive. I have never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. When when uh, on, on Friday, out of 115 pair going down through there, there were 44 double O lights. Right. This is bottom bowl racing. This is yeah. This is How no box racing. Do they get that good? Uh, Scott uh, in the fourth round, as an example, Scott Overcamp had a, a perfect light and was dead three for a three pack. I can't remember who it was. Somebody was a victim on the other side. Oh yeah. But uh, the, a three-pack, and then that uh, Brian Cerruti yep. who raced himself in the final there on, on Friday night. Yeah, that, that was His average light was 14. That's that's unbelievable. I mean, that that, that race right there, and, and it's it's really grown into be it, – it's it's a tough race. Yeah. It's not it's not something that's easy. And, and I mean, the, the 2019 version is going to see a couple of little changes. Yeah. Just to, just – more or less some format and payout and entry changes. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing crazy. But I would, I would encourage anybody who's on the fence or maybe hasn't gone in the last few years or hasn't come at all to the bottom ball bash. 
Mm-hmm. Get your stuff ready. I, uh, put I, your put your put your game face on I and come on hope play. So I hope we get more cars. Oh yeah. A lot of the money went out of state, of course. Un- unfortunately. But on Sunday, uh, Albert's card over Donnie Hager in yep. that 5K final. Heck yeah, that was that, that, that was money cool. stayed home. That was pretty cool. That was very cool. Uh, one other one, of course, the Northern Nationals. I I couldn't believe Andy Robleski that night. Yeah, he uh, was he was on it that night. He he got beaten in the first round and he lost to Scott Taylor. He bought back. And he won seven more rounds to win top, but he uh, and he beat Scotty in I think the quarterfinal. Okay, so he got his revenge. He got a little revenge, but he was ten thou on the tree. Average. He had a ten light for an average light. Average. He had two perfect lights, two That's, triple O lights, and a ten average. You you get in that groove do? and you can't hardly do anything wrong. You no. just you let go at the same time. Everything feels right. Right. It's yeah. just just in a zone for sure. To to do that well, he was a very very impressive. He won that night. Uh, Northern Nationals, I don't know. Remember anything else about it? The Northerns, it it was packed. Yeah. I mean, there was 300 300 cars cars here. And we had a, uh, gosh. But the the funny car burnout that, you know, ended up in in fire and hit the wall and everything else. That that happened at Northerns. Yeah. That was. That was uh, that was uh, quite the spectacle to watch. Yeah, we were. But thankfully, we um, Johnny Lawson was was a okay out of that deal and, and mm-hmm. was back racing a few weeks later. But that yeah. was that was kind of a scary moment. But I mean, that, you never. I've not seen a funny car do a burnout like that before. Yeah, that. Uh, let's see. That was. Uh, oh, I was, I was just looking at my notes here. Okay. You know, and that uh, at Northern Nationals, we had a. Nine hundred fourteen dollar fifty fifty dry. That was pretty. Cool. <laughs> Not the record though. Not the record. Nope. No, that uh, that was. Gosh, I think that was a sixteen hundred dollar one on that uh, night of thunder. Sure. The first one. Sure. And then uh, Funny Car Nationals was sixteen forty. That was another sixteen hundred dollar fifty fifty. That is that's unreal. That's, that's a testament to how hard those ladies worked. Oh yeah. Those tickets sold. Yep. And going up and down through those stands, man. Yep. And going through the pits and 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 you know that's that's. It is a, a you know an opportunity to thank them because you know mm-hmm. they they really all of that hard work and and selling the tickets and everything mm-hmm. really makes bracket finals what it is for us. Yeah, I um, mean, there's there's Vicky Howard obviously she sure. she was the ringleader of that whole group. Yep. Uh, Michelle Taylor. Who, oh yeah, who Michelle else? I think sold tickets pretty much every week. The, the pitches. Tandy Larson and and the yes, pitches. Yes, Tandy and, a ton. Yeah. And they, this is just going off of memory, and, and we apologize if we left anybody out. Certainly not intentional. It was definitely a team effort. Oh, for sure. And it's, for uh, it made sure. for a, a very good bracket final showing. You know, that's a lot of for support. sure. Yep, definitely. And speaking of bracket finals, I mean, I, I mm-hmm. see you've got some bracket finals on on your page there. Yep. But we came in and we cleaned house. And there was there was there was some doubt. There there was really? some serious doubt after I don't know, maybe about a, a third of the way through modified. I think we only had like three or four people get through the you know, that part of it. Mm. We lost a couple people early and it's mm-hmm. and and the doubt set in really quick and it's like, man, are we gonna do it again? And yeah. they did it all on no. Saturday, right? Yeah, everything was on Saturday. Yeah. So it's not a win one round, come back the next day. Right. I'd like that much better. Yeah. But yeah, winning three out of four classes. How about that? Man. Showed out in force. Yeah, Donnie yeah. And, and Modified, uh, Steve Messick in Street, and uh, Evan, Evan won the juniors. How about that kid, Evan? For the 80, 890 car. Man. Definitely a highlight. No, for sure. So the US 131 team won again, I think their seventh time with uh, at least seven in a row. Seven in a row, I think, and that's eight total. 84 points total when you put those two teams together. Muncie was second at 68. Yeah. So it was decisive. And, and that, that crowd from Muncie is a rough group. I mean, they they come up and they mean business. Mm-hmm. They're, it's a it's a really good group of racers. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're really a good time to hang out with, you know, after the racing's over. But, I mean, as far as on the racetrack goes, man, they're tough. Yeah. Back, backing up a week to August 18th and 19th, I think it was two two-day race, right? Yep. Just, uh, I don't believe it was anything special. That may have been the IHRA uh, Sportsman Spectacular weekend. Yes, it was. Yep. And uh, Mark Mark Hammond won uh, one modified on Sunday. He had the double O lights. He had oh, the yeah. third, fourth, sixth, and seventh round four times. He had yeah. double O lights. He was on it, too. And a couple of weeks later, on September 2nd, he did it again. Yeah. Double O lights four different times. In, yeah. in the first six rounds of racing, came on strong. He, Mark Hammond really was impressive. This oh yeah, year yeah. On that that's and I think we discussed this on the last show, but mm-hmm. he had one round loss in the last three races, and that was a final round. Yeah, yeah. So the, he won the won the Sunday of the Sportsman Spectacular. He made it down to four cars where it was a split and quit, 
due to the rain. Right, right, with you. Mm-hmm. And then he runnered up the next day to Tracy Mutchler. Yeah. So the last three races out, he lost one round. So that's <laughs> yeah. a that's that's a really really impressive record. Strong. I think my most impressive was this was that same weekend of August eighteenth, nineteenth with Donnie. You know, Donnie yeah. Dollars, right? Yeah, that's that's for sure. He won. Uh, he was a street runner up both days. He yep. won modified on Saturday. Won top on Sunday. He, he was in four finals. Right. Won 28 rounds. And then... And then jumps on the golf cart <laughs> and turns the, the last wind light on He won the too. golf cart race. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. How about... Yeah. Donnie what Hagar. A weekend. I mean, that's a that That's a heck of a performance all season long for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I took a little different approach when we we're talking about favorite moments. I mean, the, this, uh, this silly... Um, team thing that we did, you know, where the, where our fantasy picks and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I had a good time with that. And I think a few of the people that I had picked had a good time with that, you know, hashtag team Justin got it done this year. Yep. And I, I don't even know if Cameron knows this yet or not, but my brother showed up with shirts that said hashtag team Justin at bracket finals. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was just, it was, that was really a neat deal. I had a good time with that. And, and I'm hoping that we, we do it again next year and, and hopefully we didn't scare Cameron off too bad. Hopefully we do better, it. Cameron. Yeah. Some more, uh, notes now yeah, Cameron's been yeah, taking notes all season. It wasn't so. fair to Cameron this year. No. You know, brand new to the sport and all. We just... Uh, we it, threw him to the wolves a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but he but. did not do badly. No, 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 no. It was, no, it was closer than I thought it was going to be all the way. Yeah, and I'm going to go Homer here for just a few minutes as far as, as on-track performances go. Mm-hmm. Um Kenzie, my daughter, she she won her first race and won, thought won that was real, fun, right? and then won this the, her second race the mm-hmm. same weekend, yeah, and then picked up a third race win later on in the season, and she just she she did a great job in that car all season long. We had a few gremlins come up and bite us at the end of the year, but I just I that was that was a really neat deal to be be part of that and 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 be able to to be her dad and her tuner and you know everything as far as her racing goes that was yeah. that was really cool to be part of and and the other thing was oh, yeah. was seeing my dad win a race for the first time in I, it's got to have been seven or eight maybe even longer years mm-hmm. uh, he won the quick 16 yeah the uh, mojo race the mojo quick 16 yeah. one weekend and and i think he had another runner up runner maybe up. a maybe two runner-ups i think he runnered up in the quick 16 final to todd streffling and then he also runnered up in top et when the with trans brake failed on him and it and it backed out of the beams. Oh, and yeah, that was I forgot that, about that. Yep, one. but I mean that was that was neat to see my dad, who I've always looked up to. You know, as a as somebody that I mean he's 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 extremely tough. He's extremely good at this, mm-hmm. and to see him get back on the on the saddle and start doing really well again. Yeah, that was May sixth when he won that first Mojo race. Yep, Kyle was doing so. Well. Yep, that's true. And you know, I, I overall, I think the the my favorite moment is from the 2018 season was the sportsmanship that I saw. There were there were so many different times where there was parts calls where somebody broke something or somebody needed something, mm-hmm. and it was answered. I mean, yeah. it, just just kind of going off a of memory real quick. I mean, at the at the bottom ball bash, there was, was a guy that came up from Indiana whose car caught on fire. Like it was literally on fire at the back of the staging lanes. <laughs> Al Bruchart grabbed the fire extinguisher out of his race car mm-hmm. and went and put the fire out. And Mark Howard and and a few other guys, they it was it was like it was their own car. They jumped in, started cleaning stuff, started looking at everything over, and decided, I think we can get this thing back together. I'll be darned. And and he was able to race the rest of the weekend. I didn't know that. Yeah, and it just just things like that. I mean, it makes this sport so much fun to be a part yeah. of. And yeah. and you know, talking here in a little bit when you hear the interview with Dave and, and Roy, just the the family atmosphere that's here. It's it really is like one big family, mm-hmm. and and everybody's willing to help each other out. And I mean. Just an example, you know, personal example for at the at the first SFG race. My, I, I had sucked an intake gasket on, on my car. It was in the trailer, and uh, Andy Robleski broke the mount on the rack and pinion on his car. I had my welder here, and my dad and Jerry Black and Roy Parrish, they jumped in on my car, started pulling it apart. and that Intake. Yeah, to fix to change intake gaskets. Yeah, and by the time I got done welding Andy's car up, I came back in the trailer, and mine's just about ready to start <laughs> up again. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, they just they knew what needed to be done, and they went. Wow. And did it. I mean, it just that kind of stuff really 
it, I mean, that's it's yeah. just a testament to what kind of sport this really is. And, you know, another thing that I seen happen at that SFG race, I was down talking to a, a friend of mine from out of state for a little while, and I came back, and there's this dragster parked in my pit area that I, I don't know who he is. And <laughs> and uh, my dad's standing there at my trailer, and, and this guy's welding on his car. He broke a couple uprights on the chassis of his dragster. Kyle Freese, he was from uh, Nebraska, I think. Yeah. Oh. And uh, they made a parts call and I apparently didn't hear it. And my dad went down to my trailer and on, got, got my welder out for him. And, as you would have done. Yeah, as I would have done. Sure. And Kyle was welding his car back up. Wonderful. And it was between entries. He won the first entry. It was in the same round? It was in the same <laughs> round. So there's body panels and everything all over the place. And, you know, this Kyle Freese guy who I'd, I'd never met before, yeah. he's he's welding his car back up yeah and you know that's that's just it's stuff like that seeing the the dedication and and willingness to help each other out look what was at stake for kyle oh yeah Yeah, exactly where would he have been without you right i i mean i'm sure there was somebody else that had a well you wouldn't have hesitated to help no you're right that's the best part you're right so i just i really enjoyed being able to be part of some of that stuff Mm -hmm. and you know being able to to help somebody else out when they needed it and you know when i needed help there were there was people there to help me as well. So yeah, remember when the the Bleeker family waited? Uh, was oh it, yeah, uh, that was uh, with Peters. It was in yeah, the final one of the round. Peters' of... cars had a clutch problem or something, yeah, and they yeah. were thrashing on that thing, and, yep. and they just folded their arms and said, "We'll wait." Yeah, yeah. It's it's regardless stuff like of the that. outcome, right? It's stuff like that. That's they want that, a race, right? Right. And wow. I mean that that I'll I'll remember this season for quite a while as is a as a year of sportsmanship that I mm-hmm. that I saw. Yeah. So yeah, you saw more going on in the pits than we did from the tower, but certainly made out a lot of parts calls. I doubt if any of them went unanswered. Oh, I'm sure every time. I'm sure. Well, we're going to change gears a little bit here and talk a little bit about the drivers' committee meeting. Yeah. There was a drivers' committee meeting that happened a couple of weeks ago. I'm mm-hmm. part of that deal as well, mm-hmm. and you know, no huge changes coming out of it this year. Um, I think something that is going to change, and I think will be an extremely welcome change, is they're just we're going to change up how the staging lanes are pulled in time trials. It's going oh. to be just like eliminations. So mm-hmm. you're going to get called into into the staging lanes. You're going yeah. to fill one and two first. Yeah. And once that's full, there's supposed to be somebody at the back to shut those lanes off and start filling three, three and, and four. four. Okay. And then once cars start going down the track, they're going to empty lanes one and two oh, out. Oh, rather than five pair. Rather than five pair and five okay. pair. So they're going to just, basically, it's the exact same way eliminations run. Mm-hmm. So in that way, what... The intent with that is is to make it simpler for really simple bracket racers like myself mm-hmm. that just like like things to be consistent and, and, and consistent simple. with eliminations. Right. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it just makes sense yeah. to to do it that way. So if you're in the back of two and you see it begin to move, you might want to jump in and get ready. Right. right. Exactly. Okay. So and you know one of the other concerns that was talked about with the staging lanes and everything is is keeping it moving. You know, keeping you know if there's somebody that's hanging back or talking or whatever that. Mm-hmm. They pull up, and then all of a sudden you pull up behind them, and you're the next one out to go, yeah. and you're not even close to ready. That that gets a little frustrating at times. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna. The track said that they would try to get more people involved with the staging lanes and keep things moving okay. through, and and uh, to avoid some of the the lane shuffling and and stuff like that that has happened in the past before. So try to try to smooth some of those small wrinkles out. I don't think it's any kind of a big deal, mm-hmm. but. Some some minor issues that I think will will make it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, <laughs> this one kind of came about after a, it wasn't funny at the time so much, but there was a there was a final round ran and both drivers wanted the same lane, mm-hmm. so it goes to a coin toss. Right. Well, there were seven or eight people standing around there. Nobody had a dang quarter <laughs> in their pocket. Right. So <laughs> we okay. talked about that a little bit and asked how difficult it would be just to say the best reaction time in the semifinals will have the lane choice in the final round just to smooth it up, clear it up a little bit, make it easy. Yeah. Reward the performance. Why not? For sure. Why not? So the other thing that I'm really excited about is Jason Peterson has decided to pull the trigger on upgrading the, the, the electric spots for in the pits Mm -hmm. to 50 amp service. What are they? 30 now? They're 20 now. Yeah. They're 20 now. So, they don't. They're they're not meant to run an air conditioner. Air conditioner in a motorhome, right? Yeah. So, but it may cut. You know, it will come with a little bit more of a price to rent a spot. But mm-hmm. man, if I don't have to run that generator when it's really hot, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> yeah. it's well worth it to me. Yeah. So that that part will be will be really nice. Yeah. 
So that's that's a that's a welcome change. And the, and the other thing that that he's trying to get done, that's Jason, is he's going to try to get the track lights up upgraded to LEDs. Wow. So that's a huge undertaking. That is a huge. I'm sure it's a huge expense. Yeah, it's a huge undertaking, and if it happens, it's a huge savings for the track as well, yeah. and probably a better lighting system than we have. Definitely, but the uh, return on investment is oh yeah. way out there. Yes, it is. So hopefully, you can get some help on it for sure, for sure. And let's see what the uh, he's working on the finishing touches of the schedule. Mm-hmm. It's looking like we're shooting for a 14 race nice. season, so a little bit better nice. than this year. Yes, we had 13, I think you said, yeah, scheduled. 13 planned the last couple of years, so that would be a 14th, would be a welcome because we've we're probably going to lose one. We'll lose or two some from rain. To, to right to it's Michigan. Nature. Yep, yep, that's for sure. And the other thing that we discussed, and and I didn't, I forgot to put it in here, I just jotted it down real quick. is we're talking about doing a couple five grand to win races Memorial Day weekend. Oh. So five grand to win in box and no box, mm-hmm. uh, a pretty reasonable entry fee. I'm not it, the the details haven't come out yet for that, mm-hmm. but sounds like Saturday Sunday. That yeah. way, you know you don't have to take Friday off to race for the weekend. And Monday we you've got to still be able to spend time with your family. Be through Sunday, on, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just Saturday Sunday, nice. You know, just a little extra money. Yeah. To, to race for, and I think that'll be a welcome. So what did we used to do on, on Memorial Day? There's There's been a few different things that has happened on Memorial Day. The first SFG race at 131 was Memorial Day last weekend year? this last year. Okay. And before that, the Pro-Am, the ITRA Pro-Am, used oh. to happen on Memorial Day weekend. Okay. And it seemed like maybe there was some grudge racing that went on. But yeah. as far as bracket racing goes, we... It's been quite a while since we've actually raced Great. on Memorial Day weekend. Great. Let's dedicate Memorial Weekend to bracket racing. Heck yeah. Sounds good to me. At least Saturday and Sunday. Right. Yep. Give everybody Monday to yeah, travel exactly. and take time with the family. Exactly. And then some, you know, the, the bottom ball bash. Uh, last year it was a 5-10-5 format. Sounds like this year maybe going more towards the triple fives. You know, okay. five grand to win each day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at a, at a really, what I think is going to be a really reasonable entry fee. Um, the the goal is to be right around two hundred bucks wow, for, for the, the weekend? weekend. Now you're talking for three fives. No now box. you're talking a good pay a good payback Very and good. some some shootout races. Yeah. So that more to come on that. The flyers mm-hmm. being worked on with, for that. Um, one of the neat things with these these shootout races that we discussed. I I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but say Friday night there's a shootout race or a, a gambler's race or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Say it's just um this is this is nowhere near what it, I what it will be it mm-hmm. may be but this is just shooting from the hip here so say it's like fifty dollars tenner mm-hmm. okay at once once first round goes through and and or they'll say you know it's fifty dollars tenner and there's going to be three thousand dollars in the pot okay it's up to the racers to decide how that gets cut up ah so starting when. Whenever the racers at the begin- want. At the beginning of the race? It or could be. The semifinal? <laughs> it or- could be the semifinal. <laughs> it could get down to the final round and nothing's been cut yet. Nothing's been said. Winner take all kind of deal. Oh, no way. But I, I don't think that would happen. But <laughs> yeah. no, just a, just something fun to maybe spark a little conversations and, and have a good time them. with some negotiations and, and leave it up to the racers on yeah. what they want to race for. So it's your pot. Do what you want. Right. Exactly. How about that? So that's a... Uh, that's all that I've got from the driver's committee meeting that we mm-hmm. had. Yep. All right, up next, we are joined live in studio with Dave Irwin and Roy Parrish from Irwin Engines. Hey, guys, how's it going? Going great. Yeah, real good. Good. Well, thanks for coming up here and hanging out with us for a little bit tonight while we record episode 21 of Modified to the Lanes. And we're going to be talking a little bit about engines and, and some upgrades and get to know Dave and Roy a little bit better. And uh, I would like to just start this off with saying that um, basically everything that we're going to talk about here is the opinion of an engine shop, you know, one engine builder. And, you know, it's meant to be a conversation, you know, as a bench racing session that, you know, just talking about off-season maintenance and upgrades and things like that. I mean, like like we were talking off-air, if you lined 10 engine builders up, and ask them all the same question, you're going to get 10 different answers. Right. Mm-hmm. And each one of them is, is right. You know, that's... Of course. <laughs> so mm-hmm. let's uh, let's go ahead and get things started. Dave, you might as well tell us a little bit about yourself and, and where you got to where you are today. Well, basically started out racing back in 1984 before I was even old enough to get in the pits. Had to sneak in under the toolbox to go circle track racing. <laughs> After that, got in circle track for many, many, many years and 
and uh, Jerry Arnold got to be a real good friend of mine, oh, probably 10 or 15 years ago, and started getting me into drag racing. Lo and behold, I finally bought a car and got into drag racing. Now I actually like drag racing better than I like circle track racing. Yeah. It's just there's good people in both, and it's just a lot of fun. That's good. That's good to hear. That's real good. So just, did oh, you have ahead. any success in the stock car racing? I mean, what, what can you tell us about that? Um, well, I built for Andy Bozell and I were actually oh, uh, real yeah. good friends back in the day, and and uh, we went, uh, I don't even, we probably had 26 championships probably. Oh, and then all went, the Bozells had, right? Yeah, and, and had some pretty good success here as well um, with mm -hmm. championships. Um, but it's never just the engine, I and mean, you have to have the whole combination. I right. mean, so oh, I don't want sure. to take credit for anything there. You know, it's just <laughs> for it's, sure. It's all it's, it's it's a whole package. There's luck. There's a driver. There's a car. It, there, it's everything. You know. Oh, definitely. So you uh, you pretty much out of Kalamazoo. You you started out kind of a side gig running, building race engines and stuff in the pole barn at your house, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I actually started working at uh, um, what Millwood, was called right? Millwood Auto Supply. Right. Back in like 1987, and then uh, then in 2002 started doing my own thing at home in the garage because we were always too busy at work, and and I had made a, an agreement with them that I could do some work on the side, and and it kind of got out of hand, and then and I ended up starting my own business down on Lake Street. Sure, mm -hmm. sure. And then start well, actually we worked on the building for probably five years before we moved in. I had this punk kid that kept coming around, and he wouldn't <laughs> leave. He just kept coming and helping, and <laughs> and uh, we got to be really, really good friends. And and now he actually works for me, and his that's Roy Parrish. That's right. that's the guy sitting right next to you. Yep. So, Roy, tell us your side of the story and how you got involved with Irwin Engines. That's that's pretty accurate. Um, it's uh, I, I sometimes wonder what I was thinking, looking back, <laughs> but it's uh, it's always enjoyable. Um, have a good time every day and uh it's nice to see the fruits of your labor you know do something oh for sure so most uh, definitely that's got to be quite a sense of accomplishment when one of your customers does win a championship it is a sense of accomplishment but but you can go from zero from hero to zero <laughs> in a matter of seconds so <laughs> true. it's you know basically we're uh um and i think every engine builder can agree with this that we're basically bomb builders Sure. Um, it, it's going to go. You just hope it You just goes hope that you set that way. timer Hopefully far enough. Hopefully it's got a really long wick. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Long wick. There you go. Yeah, I suppose it's just something like uh, the, the folks that work here at the track oh, on yeah. the starting line as such. You know, if, if, if somebody does real well, they, they've got nothing to do with it. But if something goes wrong, it's all there. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, you're definitely going to hear the bad before you hear the good, usually. Unfortunately. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's how things go. And, and you know... Realistically, it seems like the last few years, especially, we've seen so much less parts breakage. Yeah, like it seemed like back in even 15 years ago, there was an oil down every week. We rarely see an oil down anymore. Yeah, and I, and I think that's a testament to the higher quality work from the engine builders, sure. better and from parts, transmission builders, and better parts and, and everything else that's available now. You guys have a dyno facility there too, right? Yes, yeah. We actually test everything before it actually leaves the uh, wow. in-house there. We try to tune it as close as what we possibly can. Um, actually, Roy does that. Um, yeah. He's basically stuck on the dyno, running the dyno, and, and uh, does a real good job. So, so every race engine, Roy, that goes out? Yeah. It's dyno tested. Wonderful. There's there's very few that go out the door, and, and if they do, they're already a, a sorted-out combination. They've been together before. Mm -hmm. Um you know, it's the same. It's more, more, more or less a freshen up. Yeah. You know, some of yeah. those will go out the door without a dyno, they but they know not they very many. That's that's really impressive. Now, not every engine builder can say that. No, so it's some, been it's but... been a huge learning tool. I mean, um, what works and what doesn't work, and the stuff you thought would work doesn't work. So usually, you just <laughs> you <Yep>. stumble <laughs> onto stuff that just blows your mind. Quite honestly, really? and we've had some. And, and it's not all us. We've had some really good help from people. Um, Ron Bone uh, has came up and, and helped us, you know, oh, and yeah. he's just he's just the master. I mean, that guy is that so a smart. Genius. He really is. He's a you genius. Know? I've heard this. Oh, you yeah. know, um, if I could just get half of his brain, I'd be happy. <laughs> oh, for sure. And, and that's, I mean, you guys have a, a pretty good friendship going that you can kind of tap into some of that knowledge that he's got. And... Yeah, it's, it's all about who you know, you know, and, and your network, basically. And that's as well in life as well, whether it's race car engines or anything. Sure. 
Um, but yeah, the network is definitely who you can help and, and possibly help or have them help you. It's just, it's awesome. And most, it most every engine builder all gets along pretty good. So, well, that's good. That's real good. So we, you did mention a couple times, you know, about championship seasons, you know, both drag racing and circle track racing. How much can you attribute those seasons to your work on their engines? Well, the engines have to, obviously they have to perform and you can't have any failures. Um, so there's some luck involved there. I mean, basically picking parts that you would actually reuse and not reuse just because they look good doesn't mean they're going to last all year. So there's basically a, a time cycle in every part that's basically in the engine. Mm -hmm. if, a, if a customer loses an engine, you know, a couple times a year, you might as well count that championship out in the right. circle track world for sure. Mm -hmm. Drag racing, you might be able to make it up, but obviously, you know, it's hard on the wallet, and it's, you're better off to spend the money up front than try to get by in my eyes. Because it's just it, it's so expensive to, to repair when something comes apart. Oh, for sure, that's that that's a very good point. So every, every part has a finite life. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the like connecting rod, the crankshaft, ig, you know, the exactly. Valve I mean, springs. Valve springs are are valve springs and lifters are probably your worst culprit in an engine. Um, mm. Any engine, basically. I mean, sure. that's that's your two. Kind of the weak links. That's your two weak links right there. And then you cycle out your rods and your pistons, you know, as, you know, depending on how fast you're going and how much horsepower you're making. Obviously, the more horsepower you're making, <laughs> the, it's <laughs> the not going to last. The shorter the life. <laughs> For sure. Exactly it. The shorter the wick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like what Roy said earlier. Roy, have you ever had an engine failure on the dyno? No. That's a no. <laughs> Good news. Thumbs up. No. I've had, uh, we, we've had some issues on the dyno, but I've never had a failure. I've never... That's good to Never know. had to get the mop bucket out and right. clean up oil or We've nothing. We've all seen that on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you don't have to look very hard on YouTube. <laughs> I, I have a feeling someday it's it's going to happen, yeah. but it, it hasn't yet. No, no was a good answer because that means you're building good quality stuff. Well, we dyno for other customers, too. So you, you in the back of your mm -hmm. mind, you always mm -hmm. wonder. And you get <laughs> some of those singing, you know, 92 to 9,500. And, it, I mean, it makes your skin crawl a little bit you know the, the concrete <laughs> floor has a tingle to it at, <laughs> yeah. at like 9500 oh i bet wow. if you've never seen an engine dyno you really need to see it in person mm -hmm. because it really is something that is awesome you mm -hmm. know because you think you're when you're in the car it runs the same but when you're standing next to it you'd think there's no way that this thing's going to stay together. And oh, yeah. lo and behold, it does every time. You know, yep. it's, just, it's, it's just really cool to see. If you ever get a chance to see it, or if we're dynoing and you want to come and see one, I mean, if anybody does, I wouldn't mind having people stop in and see them. It's really pretty cool. So, I've uh, made several pulls on, on my own engine and uh, 7,000 RPM with it. I was kind of a little bit nervous. But yet, I don't know how many laps I've made in the car, and I shift at 76 and run right. through at 81, and I don't, don't even bat an eye. But you. yet, wow. on the dyno at, at like 75, I was like, eh, <laughs> uh, everything looks good. Okay, let's turn it up a little more. And you're standing yeah. right next to it. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, and it's there's a difference between going down the tracks, spinning that much RPM, and standing right there with that engine under full load, yeah. and it's making all the steam that it's got, singing at 7,500 or 9,500, wherever it's at. That's, uh, <laughs> if things do come apart, they go a long ways. Now, Dave, you said you guys do a lot of work on stock engines as well. Yeah. For yeah, car we dealerships. Do, we do dealership work as well. It's not just all race stuff. Um, we do work for Denoyers, Ziegler's, mm -hmm. uh, Sealy's, um, pretty much all the big dealers in town, as well as uh, quite a few garages, too, you know. And, sure. And uh, being I've done this, this is my 31st or 32nd year, you know, you get to know all these guys pretty good. It's actually pretty cool to have a real cool base you know amongst all these guys so you got to be known pretty well from your work at millwood yeah you that's, know, that, where that's a yep. good proving ground or training ground for you exactly and uh you kind of got famous at that time i don't know about famous but well sure it's, uh, <laughs> people didn't say they'd take their stuff to millwood they said right they, take it over they to took it to dave it happened to be at millwood i remember that exactly <laughs> do a lot of restoration type work too really what's that um, all about well, guys, restoring cars and we oh, okay. freshen up. You know, make a make a stock engine here. We did a, a six cylinder here a while back for a, uh, what was that? An AMC Marlin. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, sixty yeah, six yep. Marlin. Okay, a uh, guy was restoring it and uh, yeah, it was kind of neat. I'd never even heard of an AMC Marlin. 
You had mm-hmm. to get the book out for the torque values. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't even find we, it in the we, book. We, just did, <laughs> we, we did the machine work, and, and they took it back and assembled it themselves. And, mm-hmm. so. and it ran okay, obviously. As far yeah. as I know. <laughs> you haven't heard <laughs> back haven't heard from back, them, right? So, yeah. Yeah. No news is usually good news. That's good. But on the restoration part, we find that there's a lot of uh, guys that are retiring, and their first project they want to do is the car that they had in high school. So they're oh, wanting yeah. to get that feeling back of being young again, which is actually pretty cool. And, it is. And uh, so we do quite a few of those as well. So. Yeah, that's that's neat stuff. That's that's some pretty rewarding work, too, to, to see the, the smile on somebody's face. I know the last mm-hmm. time I was down at the shop, Jim Powell came in with his his Pontiac, I think, and you guys have done the engine. GTO. Yep. Mm-hmm. You guys have done the engine in it, and, I mean, it looks great, and... Runs good, and and that's a that's a pretty neat deal. It's at the Gilmore's Museum right now. Yes, it is. Yeah. How about that? That's pretty cool. Yeah. So the the I guess the biggest reason we wanted to talk with you guys is a little bit about like off season maintenance. So, um, you know, freshen up. What what's I guess what's the standard freshen up? So let let make it a little make bit an easier. Example. So when whenever I get around to pulling my engine out and getting mm-hmm. it over to you guys, because that's where it's coming. It what what are you going to go through and bring your and be able to give an engine back to me to in the spring that's fresh and ready to go well i don't remember how much horsepower yours was was it 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 made like 618 with that with a quick fuel carburetor that was on it okay there's different things that we do differently depending on the horsepower of sure. the engine but for like your particular engine We'd pull it apart, and we'll magnaflux the crank and the rods and make sure we don't have any cracks in it. Obviously, check your bores out. If we can get by with just a hone, we'll just re-hone it. And a fresh set of rings for sure, and all new bearings. Um, take the valve springs. We throw those away. Those get refreshed no matter what. Uh, fresh valve job. And uh, new roller lifters or send yours in and get them uh, rebushed or get the bushings checked in them. Because I think we put the u- updated lifters yep. in here when when we did years a couple yep. years ago and that's pretty much it all new gaskets so basically it's a fresh motor again sure i'm sure i'm probably forgetting something but um what are you, what are you looking for in the cylinder bores well we want to make sure you don't have any wear or scratches because a lot of you guys for some reason do not want to run an air cleaner and i and we're bracket racing here for pete's sakes fellas i mean <laughs> i do just oh you I do? run an oh, air okay. cleaner I yep i run an air cleaner do. yeah but you still get stuff in there huh? you still get stuff in there and and you know, a lot of guys don't want to run that air cleaner thinking they're going to get that little extra out of it. And Actually, we find on the dyno, a lot of them run actually better with an air cleaner yeah. on them. So. Mm-hmm. Straightens the air out coming it, into the carburetor a lot of times. It doesn't hurt, huh? It must be, but um, that's pretty much it. And, and something like that, as long as, as long as you take good care of it, you don't overheat it, and, you, and it's tuned properly, you should be able to get two years out of that without any problems. Sure. You know, because you get pretty decent pieces in it. I mean, they're not... The most expensive pieces, but for what you're doing, it should work really well for right. you. You know, right. and I guess that's what experience will actually do in an engine builder. He knows what you can get by with. You know, you can get by with a $600 set of rods versus spending $1,700 on something that you really don't need. Sure. You know, so I guess you got to kind of feel your guy out. Who's ever whether whether you come to us or whether you go to the other guy, ask a lot of questions. Sure. You know, I mean that's that's what you want to do, and sure. and obviously talk to everybody else and. Who they're going to and get some good ideas you know sure well there's a lot of a lot of value in having the experience of what parts work and what parts don't and and maybe you've got say two sets of parts that work you know a crank and a and a and a set of rods from two different manufacturers that they're both really good pieces but they don't work together very well at all i mean i don't know if that happens or not but you guys would have the experience to say yeah maybe you don't really want to go with you know the eagle rods or the versus the scat rods or whatever yeah, it's, you know, I don't know how to ans- actually answer that question, Justin. Most every part will actually work with other parts, um, except for, like in connecting rods. Let's say, for instance, you really don't want to run like a like a I, an H-beam rod on a cast crank because I feel it shunts the crank too much, and, and the crank's going to crack too fast. Sure. So there are parts that won't, inter- won't, won't intertwine. Um, and I guess that's all experience would actually. Sure. You know, that just came to me <laughs> as we were talking. <laughs> so sorry about that. Boom. <laughs> no, that's good. And, and I mean, there's there's certain, I know when, when we were specking out pieces for my engine, you know, I, Roy and I talked a whole lot before I bought anything and like, well, you don't want to 
go this route or this particular crank generally requires a lot more machining to to get into balance and everything else and just having that experience and knowledge goes a long ways when you're trying to piece together a new engine yeah it definitely um it definitely does and there are some shortcuts you know to try to save everybody some money I mean, because let, let's face it, I mean, money's what drives everybody's racing program. And, and if you're spending if you're spending too much on your engine, you're not going to be able to afford to go to the track. Right. So, I mean, you got to kind of figure out your budget, you know, and that's when somebody comes in and they want to go racing. I mean, basically, you got to let me know what your budget is. It's not that I want to empty your wallet out completely. It's that we have to figure out what you want to spend and what I can give you for that. You know, I mean, that's the easiest way of, of basically deciding, you know, what your factors are, mm-hmm. you know. And put the money where it counts. And put the money where it counts. You know, if you, if you only want to spend $2,000, I'd say um, probably just buy a stock car and just go street race. You sure. Know? Mm-hmm. Uh, race motors are fairly expensive these days, sure. you know. You, you don't get much of a race motor for, say, less than six to $9,000 anymore, you know, right. quite honestly. Can I ask you what that freshening that you described costs? Um, general terms. I won't hold you to it, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's. I would have to say it's probably going to be if we assemble it and everything, and if we ran it again, it's probably right around. Labor wise, it's probably about twenty five hundred, and then he's probably going to have another just shooting from the hip, probably fifteen hundred in parts. Okay, but it could be less depending on what we get into. You know, you just. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't know until you get the thing opened up and, and see, you know, if he's got any issues or, you know, what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, oh, sure. Of course, he could save by taking it home, putting it together himself. Oh, yeah. Sure. You know, we have a lot of customers that actually decide to put them together themselves. And mm-hmm. and if they have a question putting it together, we're a phone call away, yeah. you know. Yeah. Or if it gets that tough where you got an issue, I mean, Roy and Roy for sure will stop out or I'll stop out. I, mm-hmm. I shouldn't volunteer Roy by no means, but uh, either one of us will stop out and give you a hand. I mean, right. we... We live, breathe, and eat engines, and I don't know why, but that's my favorite thing to do, and I really sure. enjoy my job. Well, sure. Dave gave me a gas card, so, I mean, I, <laughs> I can go wherever. You can go wherever you need You're to go. On call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every, everywhere's on your way home. Good to yeah. Know. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to get off the, pic- the beat no, path for, for a second and talk about so, Scotty Taylor's engine. Now, you, you do his engine work, I take it. Yes, yeah. Uh, he broke a lot of parts in that car this year, but I don't believe he had any engine failures, did he? I don't think he had any. He didn't have any major engine failures. Not that I know of. No, knock on some wood, he didn't have any engine failures. The output shaft broke on a trans. Yeah, and I think he broke an input shaft and a gear set. Plenty of tranny trouble. Yeah. Um, Anyhow, how much horsepower do you see on that engine, Roy? Um, He is one of the faster cars at the track here. 11, I want to say 1150, north of 1150. And that's um, naturally aspirated. No, yep, one, no one carburetor, no nitrous, no nothing. One carburetor, 1150. Um, on, on gasoline. On racing gas. Yeah. What, uh, how high is he winding that? Um, I, I want to say at least 78, mm-hmm. um, which for as, as big as that motor is, that's a pretty yeah. big arm to be slinging around there. Six, oh, yeah. 630 something? What is S- that's a 615. 615, okay. Yeah, and so like I say, he's one of the faster ones. How about a freshen on that? Um, that's upwards about. Uh, I think he's going to be about fifty five hundred usually. Okay. Um, yeah. And that's a freshen job every year, as much horsepower as what that makes. Right. Sure. Right, but sure. a lot of runs too. Sure. Yeah, but, he, um, he he does fairly well, and he does put a lot of runs on it. The same thing with the magnafluxing and. Yep. So yep. Has he, that crankshaft in his car got a definite life though? I mean, what would you say? You know, we just actually we just had the discussion. Um, I don't think that crankshaft will ever go bad unless he loses a bearing. I mean, really? it's it's a it's a it's a Cali's. Uh, um, I don't even remember rip. what one it was, but it was expensive. It, it was one of the most expensive <laughs> ones. It's billet piece. Yep. It's actually very nice. Billet. You know, he yeah. he's got a lot of nice parts in that engine. So it's over engineered. Yeah, basically over engineered, in which that's the way we like it when you sure. get up to that much. Sure. Make it, make it bullet. Well, and, and and like Scotty's engine too, just like Dave was saying earlier, like lifters and valve springs are the <laughs> the biggest things. That well, that'll get lifters and valve springs at some point through the season, right, depending right. on how many, you know, how many runs he's got. Exactly. Wow. I want to say we we shoot to be somewhere between two fifty and three hundred laps, and okay. we're going to put some lifters and valve springs in it. Okay. And we'll send the lifters in, and uh, we did get one set back, and they said there's there's nothing wrong with them. Well, that's good. Go ahead and reuse them. Okay. I was surprised. Yeah, um, for what they've been through. Yeah. 
Now, some some most race teams here at the track, I think, uh, when the, when the engine goes, it's the engine. Yeah. But for some race teams, it's just a engine. Right. They might have spares. I think Brad Walters is building two this year. Is he really? Yeah. Well, good. Yeah, it goes down south somewhere for him. I can't tell you. Okay. We did put a different valve spring in in Scotty's this year, and it seemed to respond relatively well. We had we had no broken valve springs at all. Good. Um, can you can you name the manufacturer? Uh, that's a it's a PSI spring that's in it now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, it's been been bulletproof as far as that goes. It it, it did lose a little bit of pressure. Yeah. But it's still Good. tolerable. Good. Sure. Well, in every spring will. But it it also is more expensive than I mean it's the most expensive valve spring that that I've ever seen a, a price tag on. Wow. So then how does somebody's no. like Scotty's engine compare to a, a circle track car? Uh dollar wise, his is a little bit more expensive and yeah. I, I as long as his wife isn't listening, I can probably say this. She but probably is. <laughs> <laughs> we we built that engine about three years or so ago. Maybe it was four years ago. And I think he had right around $38,000 just in the engine alone. Wow. But that's what it takes to make that much horsepower, you know. That is absolutely the best of everything. That's pretty much the best of everything. I mean, right. it's pretty awesome Is that all aluminum block? Aluminum block. Yeah, it's aluminum block. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I can understand. So when we built this thing, I didn't have my dyno running yet. So we took it over to APD. APD was uh, making this new carburetor they wanted us to try, mm -hmm. which was pretty cool. And, mm -hmm. and so we head on over to... APD and and I'm really quiet and he says what are you so quiet for I says I said this could be a really long trip home or it could be a really good trip I says because <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen these are all unproven parts they haven't ran yet you know right he says oh he says I never thought about that he says well <laughs> it's a good thing your bills paid <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure so as far as like upgrades go what's what would you recommend to somebody coming in and saying you know, I've, you've got my engine to freshen up. What's what's something good that I can do to maybe make it make 50 or 75 or maybe even 100 more horsepower that is, you know, what's the biggest bang for my buck? Well, depending on your, how much horsepower you want to get, cylinder heads, camshaft, and intake makes your most horsepower. Right. A mm -hmm. um, lot of times you can send the intake out and, and get that ported. We don't, that's one thing we do not do at our shop. We don't do any porting. Yeah. Um, but we we have places where we can send this stuff to. Um, I would say, and you could make a camshaft change and upgrade valve springs to a, to a springs that'll last longer. Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, and also on the dyno when when it gets on the dyno or whatever, we've got Roy's actually got. I think Roy is a carburetor freaky. I think he's got one under his pillow at home. He's got like eight <laughs> carburetors, so we got several different carburetors to try. And there's actually a lot of power to be gained just in the carburetor. Oh, the big, yeah. um, the biggest so, is not always the best. Yeah, the biggest right? is <laughs> the biggest is not always the best, um, and sometimes the most expensive is not always the You're best. Right. You're exactly right um, there too. There's there, there's a lot of uh, there, there's a lot of variables that go into a carburetor and an engine, and, and especially when you're looking at it on a dyno. Just because this combination made made five more horsepower or 10 more horsepower than this combination, um, how fast did that engine accelerate is a very key, oh. you know, because right. the, the dyno pull is, you know, how many RPMs per second did the engine accelerate at? The, the engine that accelerates the fastest is going to be the fastest. Right. Just because it made more horsepower or less horsepower doesn't necessarily mean it will get to the finish line first. And that's not, you know, that's not key in bracket racing, but, you know, I mean. If you're building a stocker engine or something like that, that's that's key huge. in drag racing. That's, yeah. That's key in drag racing for sure. But it is making so, sure you get the most for your dollar. You're, rate, you're you measuring know. rate of acceleration, not just peak horsepower. Yeah, you're looking at peak peak horsepower, peak torque, mm -hmm. and, and how fast the engine accelerates. Interesting. Wow. Oh, yeah. And, there, I mean, Roy spent a lot of time with that dyno. And yeah. he knows a lot about what's going on with it and what that engine's telling him with the, the graphs and the numbers and everything. And I it mean, makes me think of ten more questions. Yeah. Sure our <laughs> listeners must have. What's your opinion, Roy, on alcohol over racing gas? Ooh, this is going to be a tough one. <laughs> well, this is this is not the time to ask me that, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Roy struggled a little bit. I had that. a very good car on gasoline, and I made the switch to methanol this year. And uh, and I should have spent a little more time on the dyno, and I didn't. 
and I really struggled. I took a very good car on gas and turned it into a, a pretty much a pile of junk. Uh, at one point, I wanted to drive it right through the side of my trailer this year because it was so inconsistent. Inconsistent. Yeah, and uh, I kept blaming it on the carburetor, and and it it, it wasn't the carburetor at all. What'd you learn? What'd you learn um, from it all? I well, I made more power. I made more torque. My car went faster, mm -hmm. and it aggravated a. Uh, a, a, a rear suspension that was chassis. Uh, that was yeah i had a chassis problem that 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 was little bit of extra that little alcohol, bit of extra yeah. power that it made all of a sudden mm -hmm. the chassis became a uh an issue be, became my problem and i i kept going back to well what did you change the only thing i changed was i poured a different fuel in and i put this carburetor on it so i blamed it all on that and and so it's well, in theory methanol is supposed to be more the, power um, not not necessarily always more power, um, but more consistency. There's you know sure. atmosphere has less less of an impact I've on heard it. A lot right? of people say that you know, yeah. through the course um, of the day in the evening and things like that. Not not every engine is going to make more power on alcohol. No, Scotty's Scotty's engine, for example, is not going to make more power on alcohol. No, we've tried it on both. And right, it, <clears throat> gasoline is. Uh, well, what's work. the compression ratio on Scotty's? It's right around fourteen and a half or fifteen yeah. to one. And that that's, one that's that one lot. has a lot to do with the, the cylinder head too, the, the chamber size and, and design the, there. The intake runner and in that and the camshaft is going to have a lot of an impact. Um, I I my theory is is that the 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 size of the intake runner and the amount of air and the amount of fuel. Mm -hmm. Um it takes a lot more methanol to run an engine than it does gas. Right. Well that much liquid is going to displace more air. Right. Um, mm, that makes sense. So, and, and so liquid flows different than air. Yes. Right? So you've got to make it get into that combustion chamber. Atomized. So it can even be burnt. Obviously, jets are bigger on an alcohol car. Oh, you put a lot more bigger. fuel in it, so there's less room for air. That's pretty there's simple stuff. Twice as much uh, alcohol as what there is with gas. So. Right. And, and by nature, you've got, like right. Dave said, you've got twice as much of a fuel, which is a constant in that combustion process, where the air is what changes, what makes an engine run different, and you've got half as much air in that combustion process. So, I mean, just by sheer the way that it works, it's going to be more consistent. Yep. Now, Great getting sense. back to Taylor, he probably could put that on alcohol, and it would probably run just fine, but it wouldn't be as fast as what it is. He'd right. slow down a little bit. But talk about octane loss? Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's not really an octane loss. It's basically the way the port design is. It doesn't seem to like alcohol, so no. it, it go it'll go slower. But I think he might be just as as deadly as far as his numbers. I mean, sure. I think uh, honestly, I think he spent probably five thousand, six thousand dollars just on torque converters trying to get his car to where it would actually do the same number all the mm -hmm. time because we the converters we had in it were too tight and and. It was just the trans might, trans might as well have had Velcro on it. So, right. but after a couple of years, we got it figured out, and he spent a lot of money figuring it out. And I'd say he's got one of the not just because he's my customer; he's he's a good friend as well. But uh, he's got one of the best cars, you know, out oh, there right sure. now. You know, he's, he's got he's a really deadly, good combination. You know? You know how come yeah. the engine sounds like it does when it's idling? You've told me before. <laughs> it's that, the SR20 that, chirp. The ping, 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 yep. ping. I, I, I don't know what that is. I don't get it either, but it, it, it chirps like a bird. Yes, it does. Isn't that weird? It's, yeah. it's the, it's the, the, pretty much every engine that's got those SR20 heads on them, they, they sound just like it's that. It's just the right. design of the combustion chamber? Something, something like that. Something, something with, maybe an exhaust or, port or, right. or even something in the header. I, I don't know, but um, it's cool. I, I can... I can be at the concession stand and and hear, oh, yep. yeah, that's Scotty, yep, okay. Yep, and then I'll, I'll listen or I'll run out and look at the boards and, and sure uh, see what happens. Oh, for sure. So we, we were talking a little bit about upgrading for horsepower. What's a what's some good upgrades for reliability? I think you said one of them with, with a valve spring change, but is there anything else that you would recommend to your customers? Yeah, just... It, if we're doing work for another a, a job that we didn't build originally, we would check out and see what type of quality they have in valves, valve springs, the retainers. Um, there's that's basically where you want to upgrade the most, and possibly, you know, a lot of guys run push rods that are actually too thin, um, too thin and too small, and they they actually, if you've ever watched a, a, on YouTube, which I'm sure a lot of you have, watched a valve spring in a running engine, it's unbelievable how much that stuff moves around in you. 
the push rod actually looks like a pretzel in there. Mm -hmm. So wow. you obviously want something a little stiffer if you can sure. get it if you can get it to fit in there. Um, what else, Roy? What, what, what am I missing? Um, Talk about reliability. Here. Reliability. Right. Reliability. Um, a good quality bearing um, goes a long way. Um, and in in a good tune-up, if it's if it's way lean and detonating, it's not going to be reliable. It'll have you know the their bearings will be beat out of it. Yep. Oh. Um, if it's running way rich, you know the, gonna the rings it. are gonna the rings are gonna take the abuse. Mm -hmm. um, the valve seats and whatnot, they're also going to take a lot of abuse. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one thing. You, you really, you, you can build the best motor possible, but if somebody doesn't get it tuned right, get the right amount of oil in it, get the right amount of fuel in it, and the right timing in it, you can destroy a lot of money in a very small amount of time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it doesn't you take know, any so, time at all. And I know putting motors on the dyno or engines on the dyno, it's not really cheap, but to me... It's it's a lot cheaper to tune it there than than come up here to the track and have your tow time up to the track and get it out and it doesn't run right and it just will drive you nuts you know oh and yeah this just the mental anguish is enough to drive me insane so yeah, for Plus sure you're, you're wasting entry fees right for no, sure so these things all those things you mentioned can be learned on the dyno yes and and pretty much when you you know whether I'm not whether it's us or whoever whatever shop has a dyno. That's who I would lead to go to, you know, that way mm -hmm. you can run your stuff. And number one, you know, it, it ran before it left, you right. know, so, and, and most places will let you come in and watch it run, you know, so at least you get to see a couple of runs on it, you know, before you pick it up, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and it's, it's nearly invaluable to what you can learn on a dyno, you know, about your engine and you don't have to figure out where it wants to be shifted. Yeah. You, your jetting's going to be close. Your timing's going to be right where it wants to be. Mm -hmm. You basically can put it in the car and go race. Yeah, and it saves you a lot of time. It does save you put a lot of time. Put it in the car, double check the timing. Right. You know, and, uh, and, and it should go A to B down the racetrack with no issues. Right. Now to say that, you know, there's not more to be gained once it's in the car and, and a little bit of tuning you know, it, but it is, it's going to be very close right off the dyno. Um, you'll be, you know, you, you'll be in a, in a safe range. You're not going to worry about, you know, running it too lean or, or something like that mm -hmm. at the racetrack trying to, you know, trying to figure it out. Sure. And that, that is a good point too, that you brought up. It's just double check the timing. I mean, every single ignition box is going to read that signal a little bit different. Oh, oh you it's, are 100% correct. <laughs> it's, it, uh, just because it was set at, you know, 36 degrees on the dyno doesn't mean that it's going to be 36 degrees when it's in your car. Really? You're exactly right. Every MSD box is going to be a little bit different. Um, I personally fell victim to that this year in the, the rush to right. get things together. We were at that, that SFG race, and I was like, man, cars get a little bit slow. I didn't quite understand why. And Justin said, well, have you checked the timing? You know? I guess I haven't. I put a timing light on. I said, well, I lost five degrees somewhere. Put that back in it, and I, I think I put like a 19 on it and crossed mm -hmm. my fingers, and yeah, it was going to run about a 19. Wonderful. Yep. Yeah, it, there's, yeah there, there's so many little things that, that you learn along the way, and to rely on somebody you know, like Dave and, and Roy with the, all the little things that they've learned over the last you know, 31 years that you've been doing this, it's, I mean, it, it benefits greatly to, to go visit those guys for your engine work. No doubt. Can I ask you guys something just off the cuff? Sure. Uh, given your basic <clears throat> big block Chevy bracket car, what's your favorite power adder? Roy, what's yours? I don't know. Uh, working uh, with Mike Staley's stuff, the, uh, the, 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 the big blower is, is pretty impressive. Um, I've, I've played with a little bit of nitrous stuff on the dyno, but... Uh, just the, the nasty sound of the blower and, and the fact that you can't, the, the engine, you don't even hear it running after you get to a certain point. All you hear is the, the blower whine and the belt mm -hmm. and everything. And mm -hmm. it's, like, it's like the engine's not even running. And <laughs> I think that, uh, I think the blower's got to be my favorite. Of course, Mike's engine's built different. Compression's much less, I, I imagine. Yes. And, okay. Yeah. How yeah, about he, you, Dave? Uh, I, I actually like that blower. Um, yeah. I've got nitrous on my car, and I've never really monkeyed with it. This is going to be the first time for me. Mm. Um, you know, I guess anything that makes more horsepower really gets my giddy up going. You know, <laughs> I mean, just about anything. Just about anything. Nitrous. I, I, they're really, they're, anything that makes horsepower gets my wheels turning. So. Procharger cars are cool. Procharger cars are cool. Oh, definitely. You know that. What, uh, what's more expensive, a supercharger or a procharger? Anybody know? 
I'm going to say probably a pro charger. I'd, I'd have to probably um, agree with you on that. Yeah, they're and they're probably a little more friendly um, on parts. The mm -hmm. the fact that you can regulate the boost easier with a pro charger oh. than uh, th well, than a switch pulleys on a supercharger. Huh? Yeah, that's about all you got. Um, you know they have they have blow off valves and whatnot right. like a turbocharged car on a on a pro charge deal. Oh, like a wastegate. Um, yep. Okay. So yeah. a little more tunable. Yeah, speaking of Mike Staley, he was having some running problems, not last year, but the year before, and we kept pooching him about putting his motor on a dyno, and he finally decided to bring it up and put it on a dyno, and and uh, that's a fuel system that, you know, I'm not real familiar with, and Roy and I are both learning that that fuel system that's... Is it electronic? Though? No, it's mm -hmm. actually the older one. And, no, it's, and it's an old mechanical Old mechanical injection. fuel injection. Uh, it's an Enderly setup. Is it? Okay. Oh, yeah. So we had Ron come up and give us a hand with it, and, and uh, by the time we got, I think it started out at about, what was it, about 1150 horsepower, and I mm -hmm. think by the time we got done, he was like, what was his end? Just shy of 14. Like 1380. And yeah. Wow. Oh, we, yeah. But we told it went from, went from burning about five gallons of fuel in, uh, in two pulls to... I didn't have to check it after about three pulls. I still knew there was plenty of fuel. Right. Oh, um, got a lot more it efficient. Didn't, it, yes. It didn't have much of a, a fuel curve to it. It it just started pouring. You know, it started pouring fuel as soon as you cracked the throttle, and it never quit. Mm -hmm. um, and we got the we got the fuel usage tamed down, and, and we made the we made the horsepower much more efficiently than wow. than it was initially. So it was worth the trip for it. Oh yeah, it definitely was not. His eyes are about glowing. He goes, so how fast you think it'll be? <laughs> well, for some reason, between him and Taylor, they got this thing about who want, who's going to be the fastest yeah. one. And yeah. I'm, who's who's leaving first? Who's well, exactly. Who's yeah. leaving first? Yep. Well, I think I saw Mike's car do a pretty good wheel stand. The oh, second, yeah. Second time, second run. Yeah, yeah that was, sounds about right. That was scary. Oh, yeah. That's impressive stuff. Wow, so horse. Man, I don't know how much time we've burned up talking to these guys, and oh, I'm, I'm sure we could probably go another couple hours, Gary, if, no if we really wanted to, but I'm not sure we'd have anybody listening by the time we got done. So how do we get a hold of Irwin Engines? Yeah, let's, how, do we, how does somebody get a hold of you to, to come down and, and chew on your ear a little bit? Well, we're located at 3600 Lake Street down in Kalamazoo, Michigan, um, or we do have a Facebook page. You can message us on that as well. Um, stop down anytime i mean heck if you're just stopping in to take our shop isn't much i mean it's you know just your normal shop but if you want to stop in and have a look around stop down you know show you around show you what we do mm -hmm. sure um by far there's a lot of engine builders out there you got a lot of choices um maybe it could be possibly be us sure you know mm -hmm. sure there's three all there's three guys that work let me let me start over here. Basically, there's three guys here that work, and myself, Roy, and Troy, and all three of us live, breathe, and eat engines. And I think we <laughs> argue about what makes more power most all the day long. We, it's, it's, it's actually pretty comical all day long, just because oh, it's yeah. all we do is deal with that. And you would think you could sit down at the lunch table and eat your lunch and not talk about engines. <laughs> but lo and behold, somebody's got their phone out, and, and here we are talking about it. I mean, it just it doesn't stop. Yep. You know? Oh, yeah. And and by far we're not the best, but I think we're we're an honest bunch of guys that you know are just trying to make a living, you know. Yeah, sure. I'm sure. Well, and I mean, I I came to you guys a couple of years ago to completely change everything that I knew. Mm -hmm. You know, went from a small block Mopar that was basically, I mean, it realistically it was a junkyard engine, and that's what I've always ran. And decided to to build a race engine and and switch to switch to Chevy, switch to that dang Chevy, mm -hmm. and. Man, I I gotta be honest. I'm I'm really happy with my choice as far as where I went. I mean that the engines. I I don't want to take it apart. No regrets. It's it's yeah. that good right now. Yeah. So how many runs do you have on it? Justin? I think I've got probably 400 runs on that. Okay, in two in years? last two seasons. Okay. Yep. So is it time for a crankshaft? Yeah, it's it's time for to get pulled apart and looked at. <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> so that yeah, certainly two years, 400 runs. Oh yeah. We oh, definitely yeah. got to get some rings in it and. So out of those 400, how many are buybacks? <laughs> oh, man. Here Ouch. we go. I see how the lunch A lot more last year. 
than there were this year. But I'm yes. just kidding. Anyway. I've only been down the track <laughs> three times now, and I I have a whole new outlook on it. So oh, yeah. I'm sure you're going to be hammering me this year. So. <laughs> that's thank, for sure. Thank goodness for buybacks. Oh yeah, that's for sure. And I just I mean just real quick, if you do stop down, I mean Sweetwater's Donuts is right around the corner from them. Mm-hmm. They they like donuts. You know, sugar them up a little bit. Good tip. And, you know, lunchtime pizza is always good. Mm-hmm. So just uh, if, if you're looking to go down there and make some quick friends, donuts and pizzas are the way to their heart. <laughs> so. oh, really glad you guys could make it. We're really proud of you guys. Well, thank you guys for having us. Um, oh, I appreciate and, it. Yeah, and you guys got a class facility here. It's, it's an awesome place. I mean, I've been to a lot of tracks around oh, yeah. the country, and this place is by far one oh. of the nicest places. Very oh, proud of it. Very, very much yes. so. Well, thanks again, guys, for taking some time out of your schedules and closing down the shop a little early probably to come up and talk with us a little bit about engines. And, and we really appreciate you taking, taking a few minutes out of your day and, and hanging out with us for a little bit. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks again. We'll, uh, we'll see you around. Take care, guys. Man, Gary, what an interview that was. What a blast. We could have talked forever. Oh, I know. I'm concerned. I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, that was a good a time. Yes. That was a really good time. So I just want to thank Dave Irwin and Roy Parrish once again for coming up here and, and hanging out with us for a while. You and bet. Man, that was, we had a good time with Which that. Which engine builder's coming next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Good, so Good guys. That's going to put a wrap on uh, episode 21. And we just we can't thank you enough for listening and mm-hmm. and for the messages and and every, all the positive feedback that we've heard over the the course of this season. Uh, the the plan is to do another episode sometime in December, probably towards the beginning of the month, if I had to guess. Okay, I haven't looked at any kind of vacation schedules or anything. I'm not sure if yep. you're planning on going to Florida or anything, Gary. But not yet. Not yet. All right. That's there when my wife go. retires. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so just a just a quick note, if uh, if you don't mind sending us a message. You know, on Facebook or whatever, uh, let us know what you're planning on or what you're working on during the off season. Yeah, we'd like to talk a little bit about it, maybe in our next episode. And you know, especially if you don't mind sharing, you know, if you're building a new engine or just freshening things sure. up or messages, yeah, let us know. We'll let us know what's there. going on. Yeah. So, and one other thing, Gary just brought up was the banquet. Yep, 26th of January. January 26th yep. at, at the, the Fetzer Center. Fetzer Center in Kalamazoo on WMU's campus. Very Beautiful good. facility. Yes, it is. That's it's always fun. They've they've got good food too. Yeah, they've got it's a great meal, for sure. Yeah. And and tickets are available at the track office, mm-hmm. I believe. So, but that's gonna that's gonna do it. So thank you again for taking some time and listening to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, blab on for probably a couple hours now. <laughs> I, I I think, and <laughs> we have a good time doing this, and and I hope you enjoy listening to it as well. So that's gonna put a wrap on it. We will see you next time. Okay, thanks, Justin. All right, thank you, Gary. <laughs>